Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Hello and welcome to the Bora Breakdown podcast with Johnny, Dana and Tom and our guest for today, um, who doesn't need an introduction, but we're going to give him one anyway. He scored 29 goals uh, this season. He beat Bernie Slaver's record. We couldn't be more happy uh, for him and to have him on this podcast. It's Bora's number 29. It's Tuba Rackbomb. Tuba, how are you doing? Thanks. Thank you for coming on. Hi, guys. What an intro that was, by the way. Uh, ah, was, yeah, it's a pleasure to be on here. Uh, appreciate having you on um, and look to it obviously if you, you haven't seen this podcast before and if you have then great but at the start of every show I always ask everyone how they're feeling in three words um, but I'm going to ask you to describe how your career is so far in three words so have you got three words to describe your career so far wow I need more than three words but I'm going to try um, where do I start I can probably say exciting as one um because of this current season um difficult is what another one so many um so many so many things i've had to put up with like injuries and unsuccessful loans and stuff like that so that's two and another one what can i say surprising Mm. surprising maybe yeah i'd say surprising it is really, it is really hard to to narrow it down to three words, but I'll go with them three. Yeah, in terms of surprising, is like the word. Is that because of this year of how things have turned out? Um, yeah, kind of, kind of. Um, especially how the season started as well. You know, it was kind of like zero to a hundred. Mm. So yeah, I'd probably put it down to mainly this season. So let's let's take you back then. And uh, we throughout this podcast, we want to take you back through your time at Arsenal, sign up for Borough, your loans away as well, and obviously this current season too. Um, Hale End Academy products regarded as the next best thing. I think you were even putting the Sun newspaper as the person that was going to play up front in one of the twenty twenty two World Cup uh, yeah. as well. So how did you get into football anyway, and, and how long were you part of the Arsenal Academy for? So. Uh... I was at home 
uh, and apparently I had a lot of energy in the house. I wasn't necessarily playing football in the house, but I was just running, causing problems. And my dad just thought one day, like he'd take me to the park. I think I must have been four years old or three years old. And he took me to the park and he said, uh, as soon as I got there, I started playing with someone else's football. And uh, he was a bit, he was a bit surprised, and he saw that I was I was quite interested in playing football just from there. So uh, the next few days, he took me to like a local team called Cover FC, where I grew up, and uh, I started playing. And he just put me on the pitch, and he said he went back to his car and he fell asleep. And my first training session, because he's thinking like I'm not going to be good. I'm just I like it, but I'm not going to be any good. And he said that one of the players' parents came knocking on the on the on the window, saying, "Come and watch your son. You know, like he's really good." So that was my first session. He came and he watched me, and I was I was dribbling, scoring goals for fun. And from then, he told me that like, you know, he knew that I had some type of love for football or some type of talent for football. So that's how it all started. How, how was it? He got picked up by uh, by Arsenal from there. So from from the from that team that I just told you about, Cova, I went to another Sunday league team called Ripaway. We used to play every every Sunday, and then uh, the coach that was there was a was a mad West Ham fan, because I grew up in East London, Cannon Town. So West Ham is local team in Upton Park. So uh, he tried to get me to go to West Ham at first when I was like four or five. Um, but when he ended up when the, the West Ham scouts weren't too interested because it was me and Alex Iwobi playing for the same team, and they weren't too interested at first. So apparently an uh, Arsenal scout heard about us two and he came to one of our games and uh, he took us to, to Arsenal and it just happened from there. You were in Arsenal's academy during quite like a golden time for, for the club and would have been around kind of quite a lot of superstars, I imagine, around that time. What was that experience like, kind of learning there? It was good. It was really good. I remember the first time I went there like to train with the first team, I must have been 16. And I remember calling players by their surname. Obviously, that's what that's what fans probably normally do. But obviously, I'm a player. I should be calling you by your first name. But uh, the, the first memory I had was calling for the ball from Koscielny. And I was like, Koscielny, Koscielny. And everyone started <laughs> laughing at me. I was only 16. So, uh, yeah, at first, it is a bit like you get a bit starstruck because it's like players like him, like Thomas Rizicki, Jack Wilshere, and all these top players, you know. So you get a bit starstruck at first, 16, 17. But... Because I got there quite early, I wasn't starstruck for too long. I ended up getting used to training with them every day. Went into their dressing room, and they just became like normal teammates to me. So that was it. Was a really good experience. And now I can look back and think like, you know, I was I was glad to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and what a, what a great time to be part of it as well. Obviously, with the success that they had, and obviously you were starting to break through in that team and you went on multiple loans end up in Belgium at one point um is there a time where for a football that you kind of think this may not work out at Arsenal but I've still got a career a career ahead of me yeah yeah there was I think um because they had quite quite high hopes of me at Arsenal at first and like I went on my first loan when I was 18 and that was quite early you know it was quite early to go on loan I went to League One Coventry and Brentford and um I think looking back, some people say maybe I should have been a bit patient, but it kind of sums me up really. I'm really hungry to play. Even at a young age, 18, I went straight out, back to myself. Didn't work, went straight out again. I kept going straight out, you know, because I wanted to play. I didn't just want to train with the first team and stuff. So um, I forgot your question now, you know. 
no, so my question is like, did you, did you kind of feel like there was a point when you're going on those loans that it oh, might it. not work out at Arsenal? Yeah, that's it. So yeah, I think after maybe my fourth or fifth loan, it got to a point where it's like, I'm going on loan. I'm not getting any success. How am I going to expect to come back and play for Arsenal first team? And, you know, you've got to be realistic with yourself. Mm-hmm. So um, that's when I went to Greece. I still had a year left at Arsenal, actually. So I didn't hang around for that year. I, I got straight out. I needed to play games. And it was, that was at the point where I realised, you know, my future is not going to be at Arsenal. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you mentioned Greece there. That is very strange place to go, especially when you're, what, you're like 22? Do you want to say 22, 23? 22, um, 22, yeah. yeah. So why Pauk and how did you find it there? Because that's a big step for someone who's so young, right? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I think I just maybe needed a change of environment, having gone to the championship, having gone to League One already, and it didn't really work out for me. I think I just needed to, to go out there, you know, somewhere I'm not really familiar with. Uh, they were really, they were really like wanting me to come there as well. So that kind of pushed me there as well. And um, they showed me the plan. They they had the Champions League qualifiers. Yeah. They were competing for the league. So it's not like I'm just going to Greece on vacation. Yeah. I'm actually going there to, to, to win something and to be a part of something. So we ended up playing in the Europa League in my first season. And then we ended up winning the double. So I did go there you know, on a mission. I didn't just go there to just relax and stuff. Yeah. But that that, that time, yeah. I think, in, in your life as well, like where you're moving away from, assuming your family, that moving away at that time, success, of course, in Greece is, is amazing. Um, in terms of like when things weren't working out, it was not as much, but like say if you're out of form and you've got low in confidence, is that quite difficult to like, obviously since you're in a different country in time, you know, you know, you can't really ring your mate up straight away and be like, "Oh, look, like, can you come here and like we'll play FIFA or something?" Um, is it quite difficult when things don't go your way when you are playing the different league to to get the confidence back? Yeah, it is definitely. Like you said, I can't just call my friend to chill out with or go out with. You know, I'm just literally there by myself. I remember sometimes during that first season because the first six months I didn't play. They had a striker called Priovic that was, I think, he scored 18 by January. And then he left the club in January and that's when I started to play. But that first few months, I had a few doubts, like I'm doing everything I can. I'm abroad, I'm away from my family and, and I'm not playing on top of that. You know, where does this go from here? So, um, yeah, I did I did have them doubts and it was quite difficult at the, at the start, but then everything got better from January. You signed for Bora in September of 2020. Neil Warnock said on the Bora website <laughs> when you were announced that you were his number one target. He then said in 2021, the recruitment team, he was top of their list. We couldn't watch games in that period. We only watched uh, Tuba on the internet. He looked the best of the bunch from what we were looking at. Were you aware of those quotes from Warnock at that time? Definitely, definitely. You were? (laughs) Yeah. No, I I tried to stay as professional as possible. Um, There's a lot of things fans don't know about that players have to go through and stuff like behind closed doors. But I try not to let that uh, get in the way or distract me from my football. Um, It is difficult because, you know, maybe sometimes players want to come out and give their opinions and tell people the truth about things, but we just got to keep our heads down and stay professional. So that's all I've tried to do. You know, if whoever said whatever about me, that's their opinion. 
um i try to i try to stay humble and uh, i know the truth personally so yeah that's that's all i can say about that did that serve as motivation for you then when you when you heard those quotes because he switched he switched up on you really a lot there going from num- his number one to then oh no he wasn't it's the recruitment team's number one yeah i mean it's not it's not nice to hear it um especially when you're trying to focus on football and stuff like that it's, it's not nice obviously a manager's supposed to it's supposed to be backing you you know even if you've done something wrong you're supposed to come out and back you in front of everyone because at the end of the day there's 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 a lot of fans that will actually listen to what the manager's saying and follow mm. with that narrative unfortunately there are some smart fans that will look into things and see that you know tuba doesn't fit this style of play or how comes the manager said this and then said that there are some fans that look into it but unfortunately there are the majority of fans don't um so yeah um i try not to look at that as much as i can Dana mentioned it there, you you joined in September 2020, which was obviously the COVID season. I've kind of wondered aloud uh, on this podcast before, how much of an impact did playing in an empty stadium have in that time? I think especially moving to a new club and, and not you know having the fans in the stadium, uh, you know, as you're trying to adapt as well, did that have much of an effect? Yeah, it probably did, to be fair. It probably did because, um, you know, like fans can really change a game somehow i don't know how but it's just maybe the atmosphere and stuff it just gives you that extra adrenaline you know and when you're playing and uh you know there's no there's no there's no noise in the crowd and stuff maybe subconsciously it had an effect on me maybe and the team as well who knows but um yeah football is always better with fans of course um also, you, you mentioned there um, a quote about you know fitting into the system and stuff. How was the change tactically going from from Pauk to playing in a, a nil one off team around that time? So in Pauk, I played. We played like under a coach called Razvan Luchescu. He's a very good coach. Um, we was very. It was very very tactical, very tactical. So he, at the end of the season, he ended up telling me that. The reason why I didn't play or as much in the first six months is because he thought it took me six months to adapt to the tactics. Um, we used to do, honestly, one hour on tactics. Like, you wouldn't even break a sweat. It would all just be walk, walking around, making sure he's here, he's here. And if you don't get it spot on, he's a perfectionist. He's shouting at me. He's kind of like Italian type of style, defensive. <laughs> Everything needs to be on point tactically. So I went from that to come in to Middlesbrough and it was I'm being honest it was probably like not much tactics um yeah it was a different it was just a different style of play like uh that I wasn't used to at all it was more like direct long balls etc etc so it was a re- it was a really big change for me personally out of interest with um with what you just mentioned there about the um the tactics Six sessions in, in in Greece. You you gave a quote after I think it was Blackpool away this season. Sorry guys, that was Uche FaceTiming me. <laughs> we got to keep that in. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. That was Uche FaceTiming me. <laughs> yeah, sorry, because like, Tom's need... internet shot itself oh, anyway. No, oh gosh. <laughs> My bad. I put my phone on airplane mode now. 
That's awful. Out of all people, so I'm assuming you're, I'm you're still quite order. tight, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll still, we'll still speak. We was literally on FaceTime like an hour ago. So, yeah. We're good friends. Yeah. Love that. So, sorry, Tom, where were you? <laughs> sorry, Tom. Um, you mentioned there about the um, the tactic sessions in Greece, and you gave a quote after, I believe it was Blackpool away this season, uh, where you were talking about you know where everyone's supposed to be on the pitch at, at any time when you get the ball, and you know uh, that that was obviously Michael Carrick that, that brought that in. Is there a lot of similarities between um, you know Carrick and and uh, you know the manager you had in, in Greece? Uh, uh, similarities as in they both focus a lot on tactics yes mm. but in terms of style of play I think the gaffer now um, is way more attacking than the coach I had at Pauk the coach I had at Pauk was very defensive like I said like Italian type of style but we had uh, good individuals on the counters as well but with the gaffer it's more more freedom to play more attacking more goals you know so yeah uh, take us back to last summer then, the summer of 2022. What was the situation like for you at Borough at that point? I came I came back to pre-season late because the season in Greece finished later. So they gave me a bit uh, more extra days off so I can rest. I've, ke- I've come in and I've done like my fitness test by myself. Obviously, everyone's way ahead of me at this point. Um, and uh, I've just been told that I've been told by the kit man, Darkie, that um, that I'm I'm with the 23s. I tried to walk in the first team dressing room, but I was told that I'm wow. with the 23s. And obviously, it's, it's not Darkie's. I love Darkie. It's not his. Mm-hmm. It's not his uh, fault. He just had to give me the message, so he's giving me my kit, and I walked to the front 23s dressing room, and I was a bit confused because I was like, I haven't even met the gaffer. You know, I was I'm excited. I was going to say, so so Wilder didn't even tell you. No, no, he didn't. Um, it was wow. it was a kit man, Darkie. So, yeah, I was, that was a bit that was a bit hard to take at first because I was coming back excited for preseason, you know, new manager, a fresh start. But um, yeah, that's that's how it started. I got started. Um, I got told to go to the twenty threes. That, that's crazy, that as well, because you'd think that in comparison to previous managers, like you would suit this new system mm-hmm. probably more, right? You're getting ball, more ball to feet. It's coming like if it's low crosses in the box. I know you did score your head a couple of times a season uh, from Giles's crosses, uh, but the overall system seemed to probably suit you quite well. So it was surprising to hear that you weren't really favoured straight away. And to be honest, I don't think any of us here thought that you were going to have such an amazing season that you did. But for you, obviously, you've You've kind of went into the under twenty threes changing room. Have you? Is that was that like the motivation for you to kind of go? Well, you know what? I'm true Barakpam. I'll, I'll show you what I can do, kind of thing. Yeah, I always tell my friends like maybe that was a blessing in disguise without me knowing it. Because mm-hmm. um, at that point, you know, I'm old as I like twenty six, twenty seven, and I'm thinking, wow, I'm with the twenty threes. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Cristiano Ronaldo or anything, but I haven't had the, <laughs> I'm. I've got a bit of it of experience, you know. I've been abroad and I've played a few games in English football. I'm not that bad, you know. So, <laughs> um, for the first few days, it was like, oh, okay, it's hard to take. But then I just switched off from from like feeling sorry for myself, and I said, you know, let's work and let's be ready for wherever I'm gonna wherever I'm gonna go. So, I was quite disciplined, you know. I'd, I'd done my gym, I'd done my extras after I trained with the twenty threes. When I was by myself, I trained uh, as much as I could, you know, just to be fit and ready for 
wherever I was going to go. I mean, very um, admiral uh, attitude to have, I would say. Um, you got the the chance um, in the pre-season game against Marseille, uh, obviously just before the start of last season. What was the encouragement like from Wilder or the coaching staff kind of leading up to that, or even as you were just about to step on the pitch? Was was there the much kind of at all to, you know, prove a point or? Yeah, well, um, I remember everyone was a bit like, everyone was coming to me saying like, uh, you know, why is he not, why are you not training with us, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But if I'm being honest with you, I never, I never took it personal. Mm. I generally didn't take it personal. I think I just like, snapped out from feeling um, like sorry for myself and I was just focused on what was to come next so you know when he when he come and have a chat with me I was like I was up for the chat no problem you know like where do we go from here I wasn't like negative or anything like that I had no bad feelings towards him so he pulled me after a, a 23 session and he said you know like you can train with us tomorrow then I'm going to give you 30 minutes against Marseille instead of like putting one of the young players, you know, uh, we're, low, we're low on numbers. So, you know, why don't you get something out of this as well for yourself? And I just said, yeah, fair play. You know, that'd be good for me because at this point I had played no preseason minutes. So, um, yeah, he told me I'm going to get 30 minutes and, uh, yeah, got the 30 minutes and then moved on from there. There were only three strikers at Borough at that point, including yourself. So when you came off the bench, I mean, I've listened back to one of our episodes, all three of us thought you would still be off, even despite the the cameo. Was there a was your mindset coming off the bench there, one of I'm playing for a move here, I'm playing to put myself in the shot window, or was it one of I've got to prove a point to let Wilder know that I'm, I, I should be part of his plans? My thinking genuinely was... I need these 30 minutes for fitness. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all I was thinking at this point because I'd played no games. So it was like, I need this match fitness uh, for where I'm going to go. I wasn't thinking about staying here. It probably, for like four games into the season, I still wasn't thinking about staying at Middlesbrough. It's mad. I was literally mm-hmm. just playing and speaking to my agent, playing, speaking to my agent. So, um, yeah, everything was just to get ready for my next move out of the club. Were there any teams that were close to signing you in the summer then? Yeah, there was. There was, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, there was a few. Um, and it's so weird. That's why I feel like I feel like this season was meant to be because I'd received like I'd received offers, but something wasn't right. You know, yeah. you know when something just isn't right. There was a few times I would sleep mm-hmm. on it and wake up in the morning and be like, this isn't the one for me, you know. You know, forget financially, forget all of that. I need to wait for something that is just just right for me. And then before you knew it, literally a few days later, I received one of these offers. A few days later, I was told to play that Marseille game. So I just feel like, you know, timing and everything just just worked out perfectly for this for were the these, season. With these clubs, was it um, abroad interest from abroad or was it in England? It was mainly abroad. Mm. It was mainly abroad, yeah. So um, there were some in England as well, but... The solid ones are more more broad. Well, I'm glad you stayed. Um, yeah. So I remember, <laughs> I remember <too>. watching. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I remember when you came on against Marseille, and it was you, you caught the ball, you got the ball on the turn, and then you played a lovely ball over Giles, and then he just pulled it back for Tav to 
to Scott, and I was like, I was like "God, you was great, any like it was the first time I'd seen you in the in the flesh, really." Like in play, because obviously it's mm-hmm. different watching it from from a screen to being in in the crowd. It's completely different, right? So I was like, "God, he, he looks a bit about him." Like I would hopefully try to keep around, but then we did say like he's probably gonna go. It's like natural. He hasn't really seen a look in front of Chris Wilder, but then you find yourself playing against Sheffield United. And then you score, you score two, and then this is where like this whole tuba train happens, and you just start to cut this <laughs> score all the time. But then you do get injured at that point, so you kind of think, right, I've got into some good form, I've scored a couple of goals, I'm playing well, the fans are starting to get on my side. Then you get injured. You, then is, was there a part of you then where you're thinking, oh, that's it, like someone, uh, this, he's gonna, someone else is gonna take my place. I'm not gonna get played again, and it's just gonna be a battle to till January and see where I go from there. Uh, when I got injured that game after Sheffield, for the first few, like maybe two days, it was hard to take because it's like, you know, I started I, I started these games, I scored two and now I'm injured. But after that, I don't know. I was just in a really special place where I was just feeling confident. I don't know. I probably said this in a few other interviews, but I, I wrote down like a few goals on one of my diaries. And that was just after I got injured against Sheffield. And... Uh, yeah, that's 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 just my that was my mentality at the time, you know. Like, even though I'm injured, let's still not take our foot off the off the gas or of whatever they call it off the pedal. So, um, <laughs> I, I was I was still hungry when I got injured. I was still hungry to come back. I was doing my my uh, my rehab properly, and I could just feel that something something special. There's something special here, and also credit to credit to Chris Wilder as well because uh. He was really encouraging, you know, he might be a bit surprising to you guys and the fans, but he was really encouraging when I was injured, um, maybe because he saw like I'd started quite good and maybe he's going to need me. So when I was injured, he was checking up on me and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I was I was really hungry to come back and start playing again. Yeah. Can I ask about what you were mentioning there about the goals that you wrote down in your book? Could you share like what was on that list? Yeah, I could. Or... I could. Some of them anyway. Yeah, obviously I don't want to know all of them, but like, yeah. what what was on the list? Uh, my first goal was to get twenty goals, and then I had besides it brackets got two so far. <laughs> Those brackets. I love that. The, the second goal I didn't hit was to get five assists, and then there was yeah. a few like player of the player of the year in the championship, player of the year in Middlesbrough, um, team of the season, or something about contracts renewal or whatever. There was a lot. There was maybe like fifteen things, mm. and uh, most of them I, I, I like exceeded. It was, it was crazy. So like yeah, now, now when I look, sit down and I look at it, I'm like, wow. You know, yeah. I started this when I got injured, and look at it now. Like it, it's, this is mental. You know, I really manifested and and worked mm. towards it, and and I ended up smashing it. So um, it's really nice to look at the book now. Sometimes I just sit in my <laughs> bed. I'm like, wow. I remember when I wrote this. So um, yeah, what place you're in? And have you started writing your goals for next season yet? Not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Wait, <laughs> not for yet. Let, let him let him rest, Johnny. Let him rest. <laughs> yeah, let me rest for a bit. <laughs> yeah, but um, now definitely next season I wanna I wanna push on. Why not? Why not do the same? Why not do the same? But um, I've always tried to not be like small minded because sometimes you mm-hmm. tell people your goals. If I'd showed someone that list, they would have thought I was delusional, maybe. But sometimes you have to be delusional. Sometimes you have to think crazy. So, um, you know, never. I try not to never li- limit myself. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I think we should hang that book in the in the Mima. It's um, artist-worthy, yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> to be uh, fair, yeah. I, Chuba, sorry, Chuba, have you heard of like the Ber- like Bernie Slavin like, <laughs> thing where he, he sells books in the Cleveland Center when you, after you've scored 20 goals, you get you start handing out books. So maybe you could hand out that book in the Cleveland Center and all that you scored 20 goals. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good idea. Big Bernie, man. Crazy guy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing that his record lasted so long, right? And then you went and smashed it and I'm very confident that you'll probably smash it again this season as well. Amen. Amen. Go for it. Pushing, pushing. Who was it, Chuba, that who was it specifically that moved you into that sort of withdrawn striker position? It was the gaffer. It was um, Michael Carrick. What has that changing position done to, to your game tactically? Uh, tactically, it's made me run a lot more, I'll tell you that. <laughs> because uh, I've got to defend now, you know, the gaffer's on to me about defending, tracking the midfielder. Um, but uh, tactically going forward has is, is, is allowed me to create space for myself to get on the ball. Um, everyone's always looking for for me in the half turn, you know, and Riley as well in the half turn. Um, I'm arriving in the box. Like, I'm, I get to time my runs better. Um, I'm not necessarily fighting with the centre-back to get on the end of crosses, although it did end, end up happening towards the end of the season a bit more. I was becoming a bit marked, marked up, so... Um, yeah, just tactically, it's, it's really it's really um, helped me a lot. There's a bit of a debate about this in our little group chat. Would you categorise your role as a number 10? I 
personally would say I'm a second striker. Mm. But my mum thinks I'm playing two positions, so you can put that in the group chat. <laughs> my mum <laughs> my mum thinks I'm playing as a midfielder and a striker. She says I'm doing two jobs and I must be tired and stuff. So some some people see me as a 10 because I do drop very deep. Mm. But I'd probably say I'd probably say I'm more like a second striker. Simply because of the runs that I make in the box. I think the runs that I make in the box are like what number nines do, kind of number nine runs. But when I'm when I'm away from the box, I play as a ten as well. So it's kind of between a ten yeah. and a nine. I don't know what that is, nine point five or something. I don't know. To be honest, but I think I'd you're say... making your own position this season, too. But I think it's just the, the at pom roll. I don't know, honestly. Right, it's, it's whatever it's it's whatever you want it to be. To be honest, I'm not too fast. Yeah. How important is is Jonathan Woodgate being on the the training pitch as well for you? Because you mentioned him quite a few times in interviews. Yeah, yeah, I do. Him and Danksy. No, Woody's been Woody's been really top with me. He's just uh, he's just so humble, you know, telling me stories about when he was at Ronaldo's house and all these things. But um, no, like they they just they just spread their 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 advice and their knowledge throughout the whole team. Um, I've never seen like I've never seen the gaffer or Woody panic or nothing like that. Always positive and um, always talking to me. Like Woody's always telling me, you know, like you know, you're the best player in the championship and stuff like that. You know, walk with your chest high and you know, go and show them. He's always he's always like putting positivity into my mind, and um, I really appreciate that. He did quote turn me in training one time, and I won't I won't, oh, no. I won't forget that. I went to press him thinking you know all these retired that was yeah that was hard to take because everyone was laughing at me he's Woodgate though he played for Real Madrid so <laughs> he's got that in his locker but um I didn't expect it I didn't expect it he got me yeah well obviously the manager as well and you, you said about it quite a lot in in your press con- press conferences but why why is Michael Carrick being like the manager you've always dreamt of um because I think he's he's Maybe the only un- the manager that's like really understood me as a player and as a person. He can see how hungry I am in training. You know, I'm never satisfied. I'm really competitive. And on the pitch as well, he really understands the type of player that I am. So he's just always looking to get the best out of me. So um, I've never really had that before in my career. So that's why I'm always like, always try to sh- tell people how grateful I am. Yeah, like from from what you were from what you've been saying, you know, with with Woodgate Cruyff telling you, sorry about mentioning that again, um, him telling <laughs> you, him telling you that you know you're the best striker in the in the or player in the championship in the championship, you know, you're getting so much praise off of Danks and also uh, Matt Carrick as well. Seems like a real positive atmosphere at the training ground and within the group at the minute. Do you think there was like quite a big culture shift when Carrick and Core came into the building from the previous management? I think there was a culture shift from when Leo came in. Um, yeah. He was fantastic, like, for the mood and the team spirit. We'd walk into team meetings and he's got, like, a picture of a lion there. <laughs> and he's, like, shouting, we want you to be lions, you know? But um, that really lifted this, the, the team spirit. And then uh, it, was, it was a good base for the gaffer to come in and, and really, you know, manage us well. Um, yeah, when the, when the gaffer came in as well, he lifted the, the spirit in training and stuff like that. Tactically, it was just refreshing. Um, all the drills that we were doing, Danksy coming up with these like finishing drills that we just loved them, you know. And um, 
and everything else. So yeah, it was it was really refreshing. I'm just going to reel off a bunch of things that you've achieved individually this season. So bear with me a second. The first Borough player to score 20 goals uh, in a league season since Bernie Slaven in 1990. The first player in Championship history to score in nine consecutive home games. Three times PFA Championship Player of the Month. Skybet Championship Player of the Month for December. The Championship Player of the Year and the Golden Boot winner. Has it sunk in yet just what you've achieved individually this season, Tuba? Not quite. Still, uh, I do try to process things and stuff, but it's just so hard because I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Anytime I like see fans and stuff when I go out, they always reminded me of it. Um, that's when I'm like, oh, wow, maybe what I did was quite was quite big this season. But in general, I just kind of like just get on with it. I should try and process it a bit more, but I don't know why I haven't. Which one of those is is like your favorite or the the best one that that you've achieved this season? I'm gonna have to say the the probably the is it nine nine goals at mm, home nine scoring nine consecutive home games yeah In consecutive home games yeah it's probably gonna have to be that one because when I did that I remember before the games I, I think I was on eight. And it was just on my mind the whole game, if I'm being honest. It was on my mind the whole game. And, um, yeah, just the adrenaline of just getting the ball on a half turn and the ball going in the net. Uh, just, just, just like, embracing that moment, taking off my shirt, running to the gaffer. It was really special to me. So I'm going to say that one. What were you shouting to the to the stand? Can you can you tell us what you were shouting in the celebrations to that goal? Because everyone wants to know what Chew Bratpom was saying after that. I don't have a clue, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> my t- my teammates are asking me as well. It's just that adrenaline when you score, you just you go into another planet. Especially when you've been so eager to get that ninth goal. Uh, I don't know what I was saying. I don't know what I was saying, honestly. I wish I did. Fair enough. You yeah. mentioned that goal there. That I mean, that was a, a fantastic goal. I also like yours against uh, Blackpool um, at home, the first one. I've never seen a technique like that. I don't think I ever will again. The way it just sort of, it was almost like, how, how would you describe that one, Chuba? It was like a dink, but then a curl on it. It was, you hit it really well. Yeah, maybe a, a dink and a curl, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know what it was. It's just very instinctive. I saw... Because I, I, I tried to shimmy a couple of times, but the, it was quite good defending at first because he wasn't really moving. So then I just had a, like a little look up. I've seen the keeper off his line. I just thought, let me just, let me dink him in the back stick. Yeah. What was your, what was your favourite goal of yours this season then? Because I feel like that, that's mine or maybe the Sheffield United one as well. Yeah, Sheffield United one was amazing. Mm. Yeah, I'll probably say the Sheffield United one, yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do quite like. I think that you one. sent two of. I think you sent two of their defenders desperately diving to try and block it. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. Thank you. No, it was. Um, I don't really mind how they go in. To be honest, uh, you can go off my elbow. You can go off my shin. No problem. As long as it, it goes in the net somehow, you know. But, um, yeah, no, it's always nice. It's always nice scoring a goal and hearing the fans go crazy. You know, it's it's, a, it's the best feeling. 
Your relationship with the fans has absolutely skyrocketed this season. You were quite emotional after Blackpool away as well when you scored. Is that just the gratitude of them receiving you so warmly this season? Yeah, because I know obviously how it started off when I first came here. It wasn't the best, you know, with the fans and stuff like that. So to see the turnaround and to to hear them chant my name, I think that was the moment where I realised, you know, this could be a really special season for me. So, yeah, I got quite emotional. I've got quite emotional a few times this season. I need to I need to calm down. But um yeah, it's been an emotional season, I guess. It has. It has indeed. Yeah. What would you say to the fans that are listening to this right now, you know, after this season and the support that they've given you throughout it? I'll just say I'll just say thank you. The love that I've got from everyone. I receive messages every single day and I read them as well. I can't reply to everyone. Sorry guys. But um you know, going to Tesco's, going to Audi, going to to the restaurants. I, I receive love every single way I go. It's, uh, I'm so grateful for it. You know, honestly, um, it's just it's just an amazing feeling. It can't really describe it. You know, when when um, when people are just taking you in like that. So um, yeah, just just thank you guys. Honestly, I really appreciate it. Um, I just I just want to do the same thing again. I just want to do the same thing again. That that gives me more motivation, you know, to 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 go and do it again. So um, thank you, thank you, guys. I will say as well, just before uh, Tom asks uh, a bit about Coventry, that when we said to our, our little Telegram chat, our little borough community, that you were coming on the pod, a lot of them just said, "Just tell him thank you. Just tell him thank you for an unbelievable season." And I think from us three as well, we have not had a lot of good strikers to talk about on this podcast and you have been just unbelievable this season so I'm going to return the thanks to you Chuba you have been absolutely phenomenal this season and it's it's so uplifting and so wholesome as well to see you with that smile on your face playing football really just really well so yeah thank you uh, to you as well thank you appreciate it appreciate it Almost don't want to ask the next question now and kind of bring the mood down, Bonnie. <laughs> I know, yeah, I shouldn't have, I should have said that there, should I? <laughs> yeah, I um, needed to talk about the, the games against Coventry. Obviously, two very, very tough games uh, for the team and you know an emotional time afterwards as well. What did you personally, and I suppose you as, as a group, as the team, learn from those Coventry games? I mean, it was it was it was hard to take. It was hard to take because I feel like, uh, in maybe the first game, okay, fair enough, it's a draw. The second game, as in the first playoff game, I feel like if we could have nicked a one nil there, that would have been great, you know. But take the draw, fair enough. We're going home, Riverside. You know, you know our record at the Riverside. You know, let's get the win. Going into the game, really confident. Um, not managing to to score in in the three games, you know, it's not really like us, you know. We, we're a goal scoring team, but it's, it's it's something that we can learn from. Fair play to Coventry; they defended really well. They obviously had like game plans and stuff, so credit to them. But um, it's definitely something that we we can learn from in the future, and I'm sure the gaffer like the gaffer always says like after after a loss. He, he is it's interesting for him because he gets to look at the game and see where we went wrong. So it's not always a negative, although you, you lose, that's the negative. But the positive from that is you can learn for the next time. That's what the gaffer always says. So 
yeah, we'll only do we'll only make us stronger for for the future. Yeah, well, the future's happening now, and we we obviously no one knows what happens in football. But I like, appreciate last twelve months we didn't expect to have this conversation with you celebrating an amazing season. Uh, but twelve yeah. months from now as well. But what what's exciting you about the Michael Carrick era at Middlesbrough, and probably in the next few months? Uh, what's exciting is uh, that was only the start. So imagine imagine a team when we've gelled together even for even longer. Um, the experience that we've had already, and not, we weren't even we weren't even together for a full season. He came in when was it October? So um, mm. imagine if we get a full pre-season together, and uh, we go into the season together, like, and obviously a few addition, additional players come in. It could be it could be it could be an amazing season. Fingers crossed. So um, that's really exciting. That's really exciting. Okay. Well, we've got a couple more questions uh, to ask, and we did ask our, our Telegram chat if they wanted to, to ask you a question. Um, and Brad's asked, uh, what's your preferred shirt number? Uh, obviously, if if 29 was taken over one day, what, what number would you go for? I'd probably go for... I'd probably go for 10. What, yeah. Weren't you 10 at Arsenal for some point in time, or am I dreaming that? Arsenal when I was younger, when I was like 15... 14, yeah. 15, I was, yeah. But, um, yeah, if 29 is my, that's my, that's my baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now, anyway, before it wasn't, but this season it yeah. is. I love that number, but um, number 10, probably, number 10. I did have number 10 when I first came here, didn't I? Yeah. You did, yeah. Then I, then I had about 10 numbers after that. I think I went to <laughs> 19. I, had a, I can't remember. I had a few other numbers after that. But, yeah, I'd, I'd say ten. Did you choose the number this year, twenty nine, or were you just given it? I chose it, but there was only a, a certain amount of num- uh, a certain numbers that I could take. Obviously, yeah. available there were seven, eleven, ten, nine. They were all available, but I was I was told at the time that I could only have these other numbers, and twenty nine was one of them. So I just I took it. Okay, so the next question is from Matt, and he says. Who do you think is the most underrated player at Middlesbrough? I wouldn't say he's underrated, but I'd say Johnny Housen. <laughs> at this level, he's the best I've played with in the he's championship. Well. You know, he's he's unreal. He's unreal. Like I think, like all the players say the same thing as well. They're just like Johnny's a joke. Like how old is he? Thirty? What? Thirty four? He gets the ball in tight spaces. He always makes the right decision for ninety nine percent of the time. Um, he leads by example on the pitch. He's not really the most vocal player, but on the pitch, you know, he leads by example. Um, he just has that know how. You know, if you don't need to pass it there, you go along. You know, if you don't need to go along, you keep it. He just always makes the, the right decisions, and I feel like that sets the tone for the team. So, although he's not underrated, I know by the fan base and by the players. I think he could be rated even more by everyone because mm-hmm. he's 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 a joke of a player. So yeah, Charlie Austin. So a couple more questions. Um, one is from Tom, and he says, "Who do you support? Appreciate you support Millsborough right now, but outside of Millsborough, uh, what team do you support? Uh, Arsenal. Arsenal came through. Yeah, got to right team that you came through with. It makes a lot of sense, right?" Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it is hard. It is hard being an Arsenal fan, but 
Yeah. Uh, I, I thought, God, yeah. Well, this I season. Thought, well, yeah, you're amazing this season, though, right? And like, it's it's Pep's Man City. Like, like they're they're a bit of a joke, aren't they? To be honest. So, but to be fair, what do you think of what do you think of the job Arteta's done? Like over the last two or three seasons. Amazing, amazing job. Um, they've always said, like people have always said, you know, trust trust the process with Arteta, and um, I think he's starting to show, you know, why you should because. With a young team, you know, although they didn't quite win the Premier League, they've done amazing, you know. So, um, you know, the future, the future looks bright at Arsenal as well with Arteta. Okay, then. And then the final two questions is, what do you want to achieve in football before you retire? Um, I would like to, I'd like to score goals in the Premier League. Hmm. That would be my dream for sure. You know, there's a... I look at all the top players in the Premier League and I'm like, you know, these guys are amazing. So, you know, I want to do the same thing that they're doing, you know. That would be, be close. Well, I hope not this season. The season after, uh, you do it in a Millsbyshire. And uh, I, think you, I think you will. But the final question, and we ask every guest that we have on uh, this question, um, so to pick a five-a-side team, so the best people that you've played with, um, you can have two subs as well. So the goalkeeper, four outfield players and your two subs. And you can choose yourself as well. So if you wanted to be in the five-a-side team, you definitely can. Well, if you could pick a five-a-side team from the best players you play with, who would you pick and, and why? I probably don't even make it on the bench for the, for this team. <laughs> um, I'd say in, in goal, I'd go Peter Cech, top goalkeeper, okay. top guy. Um Right, what formation am I going? Am I going two, 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 one? Yeah, two, two, one. Um, centre back, Laurent Koscielny. Uh, very good. Um, the other centre back, I'll go Craig Dawson. From my time with him at Hot, was it Craig? Michael Dawson. His first name is it Michael Dawson? Sorry, I thought. Yeah, I was Michael going Dawson. Crazy. Yeah, Michael Dawson. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, we were just sorry, there, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel yeah, sorry yeah. for Craig sorry. Dawson right now, like, I feel sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, Michael Dawson, Michael Dawson, yeah, <laughs> top top leader, top centre back. Um, in midfield, I'll say Santi Cazola. Mm. Oh, it's so tight. Santi Cazola with. So I'll go Santi sitting deep, and I'm gonna have to put Alexis Sanchez in front of him. Don't know how that's gonna work, but it's gonna work. It's a team of flair, uh, isn't it? Yeah, and then up top, I'll put Giroud. Yeah, yeah. Put Giroud up top. Yeah, that's, that's the team there. And then any subs? Yeah. The two subs will be Meza Ozil and Thomas Rosicky. Oh wow. That's like yeah, a solid team. That yeah. is a very, very good team. I feel sorry for any Borough players that are watching now. I'm going, why didn't you pick me, Chuba? Like, oh, sorry, um, man. I put I put Jilo on the bench as my third player. <laughs> Can I just ask about that? Yeah, go on. I just wanted to ask about that um, dynamic on the pitch between you and Giles, actually, because you've linked up a lot this season, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we have. We have. Um, yeah. And he still gets on to me because I lost him a few assists this season. He could have had like two or three more assists. 
but um, <laughs> no, I've, we really we really work on it in training, and we speak a lot as well about like how the defense plays and stuff. So, yeah, we we have worked on it a lot. Would you like to see him back at the Borough next year? Yeah, I tell him every day. <laughs> I sit I sit next to him in the in the changing room. I sit next to him and I tell him every day, and I'm like. I tell him I'll chip in. I'll chip in like a hundred pound if I have to, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's happy here. He's really happy here. He's a real like character in the dressing room. He's one of probably the loudest guy in the in the dressing room. Always having banter with everyone, and yeah, everyone loves him and he's a top player as well. So I think any team any team would be happy to have a player like him. He's, he's top. Brilliant. Uh, well, Chuba, thank you very much uh, for joining us uh, this evening, taking time out of your time off uh, to speak with us. Um, have a fantastic time away. Enjoy the pre enjoy preseason, and I think we can't wait to to see you in a Borussia shirt again in in the next couple of months. Um, but in terms of us right now, um, you can if you like this video, uh, do give it a thumbs up, give it a share, uh, like subscribe all that kind of fun stuff that helps us get found by other Bora fans and all of that fun stuff but for right now this has been the Bora Breakdown podcast and that was all YouTube Akpom chatter in a podcast of the Bora Breakdown Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime round out Mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.